Wait, what, what, what are we doing? I don't know. What, what are we doing? When I say hello, guys, that's when you guys say hello and we'll start the interview. Right, okay, we just have to say hello. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's my lovely friends, Marco and Ainsley. Hello, boys. Hello. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out a lead into. Um, we're not journalists, Andrew. I don't know if you know this. Like, we don't actually do this properly. So yeah, we we're don't... terrible at this. Yeah. We just, <laughs> we just sit and talk, and yeah. half of the time I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That that's your lead in. We're not a journalist, and I don't know how to do a lead in, and I really don't care to. And it's five o'clock in the morning here in Sweden. So give it to us. Tell us more about you, and then boom, that I'll lead in. With I like that. that he actually managed to introduce himself, but using our words. <laughs> You're a professional, Andrew. We respect you for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go with it all right i'm gonna go with my leading i've been working this out for a week now that's, that's this is my working it yeah so uh i don't know how it's going in uh california right now with the i thought he was from canada canada what did i say california oh sorry yeah <laughs> i'm a cali baby trust me everything about me wants to get down to california yeah. <laughs> i love it when i'm there i don't know how it's going there with things here but everyone has like no money here so i've started uh foraging i've been like collecting stuff so I've been picking uh, spruce trees for the tips, like just the tip. Just the tip? Just the tip! Just the tip! <laughs> I was just wondering, like, uh, I'm sure you can tell our guests as much as uh, I can that the tip is the tastiest part. Of the spruce tree? Oh. <laughs> or in general. <laughs> or in general. It, I wouldn't say the tip's the tastiest part. Um, I like the full thing. I mean, I, I would say without the shaft, it would be nothing. Yeah, probably. Oh my god. Um, the tip is definitely not the tastiest part. Okay. Probably the most flav <laughs> most flavorsome then, right? No. Um yeah, it's been a while it's been a while, but um yeah, there's definitely it's flavor country for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a lead into how's the LGBTQ party scene there. This was my attempt of sliding in, no pun intended. Well, you failed. Okay. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you... <laughs> You Swedes are a riot, let me tell you. Um, you know what? I don't know what's going on right now. I know that the LGBT community is out there in numbers protesting, really getting out there, getting vocal about uh, Black Lives Matter and about certain uh, disparities that we have in terms of economics and in terms of race. In terms of partying, though, I don't know what's going on. I know that I'm, I'm just at home. And I'm actually finishing a, a university project that involves me making a, a queer zine. So I'm writing a lot about gay activism. Yeah. There's not much going on. There's not much of like a pulse happening. But yeah, I don't know. Everyone's taking it to the streets. It's cool. Question. Is bars open in Canada? No, they're not. Restaurants are though. I actually going to be working at the restaurant that I work at tomorrow bartending. I think I had about uh, five customers yesterday come through my eight hour shifts. So that, that was a pleasure. The tips didn't pay for the Uber ride to work, but you know. <laughs> Did you know he was bartending or was this? No, no, I had no idea. No, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought we had a random person from Canada. Yeah, that was the plan. I sling bar. I slang drinks for people. It's great. That'll do. <laughs> That's kind of the point. Aside from like Corona times and everything like that, I'll say H H H B T Q. LGBTQ. What's H? Yeah. The gays. Just call us the gays. It's okay. I'll make it easy. That whole scene. How is that scene in Canada? Is there like yeah? Bars? Well, actually, the gay community in Vancouver used to be huge. Like there was an explosion of of gay bars in Vancouver at least, dozens of them. And then as time went by, they sort of got kind of pushed onto Davies Street. And now we have a gay village, I guess you could say, but 
sort of everyone goes, I guess you could call it. YMCA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a gay scene for sure, but the world has opened up to all people. And really, it's just we party with everybody. We're not exclusive. I like it that way. My idea of a really good party, there's a priest, a drag queen, all kinds of people. Wait, same person? <laughs> drag drag priest? You know what? It could be a, 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 a big black drag queen priest <laughs> with a huge blonde afro. Just make it fun. Part Asian too. <laughs> but they include the baby. Why not? Everybody. But no, that, that's my idea of a good time. I don't like a homogeneous scene, meaning like lots of the same people. I like there to be lots of different types of people around. Yeah. Oh, then let me tell you a story. Okay, right. Go on. We usually have the Pride Parade in Sweden. Connection to that, where I worked before, we have like an event where we usually have full house. And the event is that everyone is in their underwear. Oh, wow. It's basically 700 guys in their underwear, usually gay or bi guys. Sounds like a great time. We would never have that. I've never seen that here. Because it's such a good environment, we in the bar take our shirts off. Some of the tips I got that night, and I got hit on by like three guys. In general, it was one of the best nights I ever had behind the bar. I will tell you this. If I took my shirt off, if I didn't have a six pack or I was like super skinny, the men would be horrified. Gay men are not into dudes that have a little bit of shape to them. Actually, that's not true because I was really nervous about going shirtless. But because of the whole vibe, I was like, fuck it. I'll just do it anyway. And I have nowhere near a six pack. But still, I was hit on by three guys. One of them was actually one of the ones hosting the whole party. He bought like two glasses of champagne. I'm like, okay. And then he was like, the other one's for you. I'm like, I don't drink, but I work. (laughs) You know what? It might be a little bit different, but like, I know at least here in Canada, almost exclusively all of the bartenders are pretty ripped. You know, that's what they want to see. Just like when you go to restaurants, the guys who are straight want to see like the skinny, blonde makeup, the whole works and high heels serving them. It's a really, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, yeah, it is a sexualized culture, I guess, despite the fact that we have a lot of puritanical beliefs. But as a gay male, if I took off my shirt, you know, I'm 220 pounds and I'm six feet and none of that is muscle. I'll be really honest with you, guys are not into me at all. I've had guys straight up just tell me you're too chubby. You know, I'm not into fats. You know, it's, it's really intense. It's a pretty toxic culture. And that's something that I like to work against. But no, I mean, I would not feel comfortable taking my shirt off in a gay bar because I know that most of the guys there are like, the gym is their thing. You know, I'm sure I'd have some guy hit on me, but I don't want to have the looks and stares of a lot of judgmental dudes. And that's not my own perception. That's just direct from the culture. I can imagine that that would be like the general thing. This was just that special night. So maybe it was different in that sense. Then, there's also like this sort of fetishization of straight men yeah. that gay men have. And I think a lot of that has to do with one, think about the sheer statistics of what it's like to be a gay guy. Let's just say for simple numbers that 10% of the population is gay. Okay, cool. I can go into a room or go into the world and one out of 10 people may perhaps be even interested in having sex with me. And then out of that, they're going to be like, okay, do you have a good body? Are you the right race? Because I mean, there's a lot of racism in the gay community where they're like no Asian, you know they like perhaps white dudes only so then you have that and then on top of that it's like by sheer statistics when I go out into this world less than one percent of people are actually ever interested it's a really shitty thing so I think that's why there's like a real fetishization of straight people because they have such freedom to you know have sex and do stuff I'll be honest I have such an envy for people who are uh, heterosexual and for many years I always wished I was because how amazing is that you walk out into the world and immediately the people that would be interested in you look 
physically different. They have long hair, they have breasts, and they don't have a dick. Like, it's super identifiable who could possibly be interested in you. I mean, the chances of you going up to a girl and saying, hey, what's up, and hanging out with them, I mean, what are the chances that they're going to say they're a lesbian? It's really not that big, right? But for me, the chances of me going up to a dude and saying, hey, I'm interested in you having them say, sorry, I'm straight, is like, you know, overwhelming. So you kind of grow up in this world where like, you better learn how to masturbate and watch porn because it's a pretty fucking lonely world. Sorry, that's my whole rant about that. I mean, I, I don't... It's nice. I, I yeah. mean, it's, it's good to have that take. We don't, we don't have any of that. I feel that I drew like the best card in society because I'm like, I'm white, I'm straight, and I sound like this. <laughs> There's no way... <laughs> There is no way that we would be up here now in this restaurant if I didn't answer the phone. If it was this Finnish fucker here and tried to do it, Hello. I think, yeah. I, <laughs> the fact I sound like this, that we're doing it in English, not in Swedish, people are just automatically like, wow, this is a serious thing. This guy's serious. And okay, so let's talk about that. Because, I mean, obviously there is uh, overwhelming evidence that there's a lot of privilege that you and I would have. But I'm curious though, like what's the sort of like xenophobia, racism sort of thing? Like what's that like in Europe? Do Finnish people hate people from Denmark? Or if someone's from like Romania, are they like they're trashy gypsies? Like I'm just saying like, what are the stereotypes like in Europe? I think I'll, I'll go first and then you. Maybe. I, I, I want to go first because okay, I have some, okay. like, at least from a Finnish point, like Finnish don't care about anyone else. It doesn't matter if you're German, Spain or France or whatever. The two things people hate in Finnish are the Russians and Swedes. There are history between Finns, Russians, and Swedes. The rest is like, they don't care. What do Finnish people think about uh, Swedish people? Like, do they th- like what are their, like, the negative traits that they apply to them? I mean, there's this going trend in Finland that's saying that every Swedish person is gay. That has been like things Finnish people has always said about Sweden. What do Swedish people think of the Finns? Are they saying all Finnish people are gay? <laughs> I think Swedish people are so afraid of confrontation that they don't say anything, really. The only people Swedes make fun of is Norway, really. And Danish. The Danish. Yeah, the Danish and Norway. Yeah. So what do they not like about the Danish and the Norwegians? It's like they say that they're pretend Swedes because they're so close. especially yeah, yeah, especially in language. Okay. I'll give you a bit of a very small like history lesson. So Sweden had a really big country like 500 years ago. It covered the majority of Northern Europe. Was it King Leopold? Was he the dude that like expanded it? I don't know, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> This guy from Canada knows more about their history than we do. I don't know, yeah. (laughs) No, I don't know much about that part. No, you know what? I'm I'm nosy. I'm a a nosy nerd. That's why. But go on, go on. Yeah, so Sweden had like a really big landmass 500 years ago for a long time. Now that it's kind of gone and shrunk into the size that it is today, so they feel that everyone seems to owe something to them. The thing is with Denmark, it linguistically is exactly the same. Maybe there's a few letters here and there which aren't. It's a very similar language. So they feel that they started it and then the Danish just took it somewhere fucking disgusting when they go <laughs> like in the throat. And then the Norwegians, they sound jolly. I think they're too happy for the Swedes. The Swedes are like, you should be miserable. You're not Swedish anymore. <laughs> but Finland have had no connection with this. Finland have always kind of been... I mean, separate. the only thing Swedes say about Finland is like, we used to own you people. <laughs> yeah, they used to own Finnish okay. people. So, so one thing I'm interested in is, is like positionality. So like, what is Europe's position on the UK, on England? Like on the hierarchy of things, do they see England as like supreme to them? Or like, what's the view? I would say yes. I think that... 
most of Europe look at England and they think that they're so fine with their big crown and they think they own the world. Oh, we did. Yeah, exactly. You did, but you don't do any more. Get no, off your high horse. It was because we let. That's because we let it happen. <laughs> we we just stopped. We were like, yeah, this is too easy. No, it all started with a tea party. <laughs> <laughs> I moved from the UK like a couple of years ago, so I don't think I'm in any position, but I feel so much privileged because people listen to Pink Floyd, they listen to Led Zeppelin, they listen to The Kinks and The Clash and all the good stuff that's come from the UK. They grew up with that culturally, same with the States. So people feel so connected to the UK and everyone seems to think this accent, this dialect is like good dialect. It's not like Romanian or Ukrainian or a part of culture which no one's nerdy about Ukrainian kung fu movies. or. <laughs> You know, the people are obsessed with like Downton Abbey, Sherlock Holmes, Shakespeare, or the Beatles. You know, the culture is so embedded yeah. that people are just, they, they accept it more. It's familiar. How are people of color or black people viewed within, let's start first with Finland and then let's go to Sweden. Oh, wow. Like 20 years ago, people would be like amazed when they saw black people in Finland because Finland actually is one of Europe's hardest countries when it comes to immigration. Sure. Few cases that take in people and if they take in people, they are really harsh. Like you need to learn the, the language in like six months and you need to be integrated and all that kind of thing. Is there a lot of racism like in, in Finland? Like are there reports of like black people being, you know, beaten the shit up or like, like, well, like what's going on? I don't follow news, but there isn't any big reports on that. In general, Finnish people are really like, they're keeping to themselves because Finland is made up of a lot of small communities. So they keep to their communities. Right. And when you go to the big cities, I was in Helsinki, it felt a little bit like distant. You could talk to people at some points, but you didn't see people like interacting too much. Sure. Same thing in bars. People tend to sit by themselves or in their own groups. How about Sweden? Like what's going on in Sweden in terms of people of color, in terms of systemic racism? Like what's the whole scene like there? At least the last like 10 years, there has been a lot of like political correctness. There is no judging people by race or color or background or anything. I actually want to make a point here because when I when I first moved here, I saw there's a lot of um, culture who sets like loads of places where like culture is celebrated. There's a massive budget when it comes to cultural events. So if you went to the state and said, I want to have a festival for, I don't know, whatever, they were like, yeah, sure. If you include the minorities and stuff like that. So Sweden is so like pretty much putting like different races and cultures on a stage and a platform and applauding them. Like for example, right? So Andrew, it was actually Swedish National Day yesterday, last night. Oh, no way. And it's actually considered racist to celebrate it. It's because... not racist. It, there are political correct groups that is like, if you celebrate it too much, it's a racist thing. But yeah. It's not condemned in that sense, really. The, the Swede, but, yeah. Sweden don't push their flag. They don't push their identity to people, but they'll applaud you and your own. Like, I'm considered exotic, which I think is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I, don't know what's so ex I don't know what's exotic about beans on toast. It's not that fucking fun. <laughs> I don't get that. But Swedish people are so... Do you want a biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> so Swedish people just love to embrace culture so much. I think it's getting a little bit comedic in a way. It's not sincere. You know, I, I have a black friend. That's, that's kind of like... It's neoliberalism, essentially. Yeah, that's... exactly. Like, but, but I mean, further than that, when it comes to the, the gay community, because the gay community has been in Sweden for such a long time. It's embedded. Honey, they've been everywhere for such a long time. <laughs> yeah, but we've known about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So what were you saying about them? 
I don't know what homophobia is like in Sweden. I don't see it that much. I don't think I ever have seen homophobia. I think that it's actually worse to be homophobic than actually being gay in Sweden. Like, if you would go out to say that I don't like gays, you would be shunned from society at a higher rate than if you were gay, actually. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a second because you could say the same thing about Canada, yet I go to a university where it's completely okay for a student to push me and call me a fag and threaten to break my fingers off and shove them up my ass. And when I bring it up with the president of the university and I bring it up to like many staff at the university, nothing is done. If you did that in Sweden, there will be news articles. It's all about optics and what looks good for certain organizations. So they don't want any of that stuff going public because the moment it does, it blows their whole thing that their policy is all for protecting people when really it underscores that the policy was there. They just didn't protect me. I think homophobia happens. It's very hard for it to be visible unless it's really brought out into the public. In Sweden, being homophobic is more shunned upon than being gay. It's social suicide, I think. Yeah. I had a co-worker when we were going to this place. It's known as like gay boat. Right. He was like, I can't go there because I can stand seeing like two guys kiss. And we're like, no, 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 it's, they're not too visible there. You're going to be fine. I think it was like the week before Pride and I didn't think of that. I found him in a corner like, I can't stand this. I can't stand this. And he wasn't loud about it because it would be worse if he said that he couldn't stand it rather than the other way around. So, yeah. You know, again, being curious and wanting to know their perspective. So why are they uncomfortable about it? In Sweden, the only people you will find that in is in the like macho culture where you have to be like, yeah, you're a real man. And if you're a real man, you... Well, yeah, you're supposed to sort of adhere to a norm. I experienced that here in Canada, especially in sports, homophobia is rampant. I mean, we see it, especially here. You know, a lot of my friends play on hockey teams. They are very curious about what I'm doing in bed. They have no problem telling me about the sex they have. But the moment I talk about the sex I have, oh, hey, I'm seeing someone or I'm dating someone or whatever. They're like, it's gross. I don't want to hear it. That's disgusting. And that's the other thing. No one will ever admit like, oh, I'm a homophobe. It's like how no one will say, oh, I'm a racist. They'll say, I don't like what these people are doing. It's crime. But really, it's about racism. It's the fact it's black people doing stuff. And if it was a white person, you would call them a patriot. But because it's a black person or someone you see as uh, lesser than than you, it's nationalism. Nationalism. Um, Exactly what is the name of the podcast? Reject and serve. Yeah, reject and serve with Ainsley Marco okay and then where can people listen to it pretty much everywhere that's um, Spotify iHeartRadio I'd probably recommend rejectandserve.buzzsprout.com okay Buzzsprout yes okay I'm Andrew Willis, host of Andyland Radio, and you're listening to Reject and Serve. Check them out on all major streaming platforms and on rejectandserve.buzzsprout.com perfect he's a pro (laughs) (laughs) He knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, boys. See ya. Okay, bye.